The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for joining us again for another edition of Winning Ponies. Hope to uh, bring together another fun show for you. We've got some interesting personalities that will be on the show. Um, we're really going to kind of stick to our handicapping tonight. We're going to do an extended version of handicapping and put the spotlight on two tracks that aren't normally in the spotlight, and that would be Delta Downs and Zia Park. Well, Zia Park is hosting their inaugural Land of Enchantment Day. Uh, they've got a breakdown of some pretty interesting races, some competitive races. It's going to be fun. And with us is going to be Jonathan Horowitz. Now, Jonathan, you may recall, became announcing at the age of 14. He was the youngest person ever to call a horse race in the United States. Uh, that was back at uh, Los Alamitos Race Course back in 99. He is now the announcer at Zia Park in Hobbs, New Mexico. And he also calls at Arapahoe Park just outside of uh, Denver, where he also performs other uh, duties and responsibilities. So he really has been putting out some great information on the Land of Enchantment series. So uh, he'll give us the inside scoop there, and uh, hopefully maybe a, a few winners that the Winning Ponies listeners like to have. He's an interesting character. For several years, he was also the American guest announcer at the Glorious Goodwood Festival in England. Uh, he also works for the publishing office at the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C., where he was a contributing author for a book called Football Nation, 400 Years of History of Football in American Life. I didn't know it was that old. Certainly things have changed in the football game. Uh, he went to the University of Maryland, so it'll be interesting. We will be talking to Jonathan Horowitz. He'll give us the inside scoop at Zia Park, if you're not familiar with that. Well, this is uh, Delta Downs' big weekend. Uh, the Zia races will take place on Sunday, and on Saturday we're going to be going to Delta Downs, where they have not one but two Grade three races, in addition, a trifecta of three $150,000 races. Of course, the one you may be most interested in is the million-dollar Delta Downs jackpot. Uh, this race draws horses from all over the country, as a million dollars usually will. And uh, just behind that one, a grade three at a half a million, uh, the Delta Downs Princess, which on paper may have drawn an even more talented field than the million-dollar race. you got three graded stakes winners and one graded stakes place filly in there. So it's the girls' companionship to the Delta Downs jackpot. And uh, handicapping with us that will be uh, Gary Johnson. Pretty much uh, if you've been to a handicapping contest uh, 
Anywhere in North America, you've probably run into Gary. Um, Gary was just out at the Breeders' Cup contest. Uh, he went out there with a friend of his, uh, Ron Pellucci, and uh, he didn't get a chance to come down and, and, and celebrate with, with Ron, who won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Philly. So uh, he was too busy in the handicapping contest. Gary uh, was an accomplished trainer. He won 26 meets at Thistledown, a meet at Mountaineer. Uh, back in 2001, he finished seventh in the country in number of wins with 205 victories. Uh, in year 2000, he was ranked 13th, and 2002, 18th in the country. He's done a little bit of everything, Gary. He's worked as a jockey agent, a chart caller for Equibase, and uh, track handicapper for Beulah Park. So uh, we'll be calling on Gary to help us with uh, Delta Downs, and of course, uh, you want to go to the Winning Ponies website. Uh, just a couple uh, samples from earlier this week on um, Monday, uh, three big hits. Uh, Mountaineer, a $220 Superfecta in the second uh, at uh, Beulah Park, a $2,894 first race Superfecta. Uh, then at Turf Paradise on Monday, Hit the super for 336, and uh, a couple winners on Tuesday. A Turf Paradise, a 360 dollars super, and at Mountaineer, a 1,955 dollars super at Mountaineer. So we're getting winners from all over. Don't forget, go up to the Winning Ponies website and pull those sheets down. When well, we talk about Gary Johnson, let's talk about another Gary. Gary Stevens who's obviously been in the news a lot this year. Uh, Gary was named the winner of the Big Sport of Turfdom Award, and this is a, a real honor. Uh, the Turf Publicist of America uh, and its membership have elected Gary Stevens. From what I understand, he was a pretty solid winner. What a year he had after his comeback. Of course, he was nice enough to be a guest on Winning Ponies in the first week of his comeback, and then uh, this year he won the... Uh, 2013 Preakness, uh, the Breeders' Cup Classic. So he is going to get the big sport of turfdom. Now, this honor, it's uh, not for big wins or money. It's bestowed upon a person or group of people who uh, help us enhance the coverage of thoroughbred racing through cooperation uh, with the media and thoroughbred racing is you can see, Gary was more than willing to come on uh, uh, winning ponies. And pretty much any time you turned on a, a TV you know, near the big race time, there was Gary more than willing to, to give interviews. 50 years old, returned to the saddle after his retirement. So not only is he cooperative with the media, but uh, he has just a fantastic story as well. I mean, he's already won 17 graded stakes wins this year. Eight of those grade ones, uh, the Preakness with Oxbow, and, of course, Mucho Macho Man in the Breeders' Cup distaff. <coughs> So uh, congratulations uh, to, to Gary, a well-deserved honor, and uh, he joins a great company uh, in being a winner of the big sport at Turfdom. Just a couple names I can throw out at you, uh, Mike Smith, uh, the whole team, Zenyatta, uh, Pat Day, uh, writer Laura Hillenbrand, who wrote uh, Seabiscuit, um, and it all goes all the way back in, into the 90s, uh, Chris McCarron, Angel Cadero. Uh, in the 80s, it was Lafitte Pinkai, the horse, John Henry, Woody Stevens. And in the 70s, he had one of my favorite people of all time, Steve Cawthon. So congratulations on winning the Big Sport of Turfdom Award to Gary Stevens. Well, uh, don't forget, 
uh, you turkeys out there. Uh, Thanksgiving is coming up, and yes, there will be racing Thanksgiving Day and Thanksgiving uh, weekend. Uh, but before we get on to the that, some late-breaking news, Royal Delta has been retired and will be bred to Galileo. So they're going to wind her down a little bit, and then she'll be shipped over to Europe and be bred to the uh, the hottest sire probably since Northern Dancer. Her last victory came in the Grade One Personal Ensign at uh, at Saratoga, and uh, it's going to be awful tough to see her go. Uh, you know, a winner of ten count them ten graded stakes races, and she's the only filly and mare to have won the Breeders' Cup Distaff twice. So uh, again, she will be uh, let down. And sent over to Europe, bred to Galileo, <clears throat> and I'm sure that uh, she will probably stay in town for Bessalou Stables, who went to $8.5 million when she went through the ring as a mare in training. And uh, Mott did comment on it. He said it's a credit to, to Mr. Leon to run her not only after such a big purchase price, but again for even a second season. So uh, hats off to the whole team of Mike Smith and uh, Bill Mott and Benjamin Leon for letting us uh, watch Royal Delta run through the rest of her career. Uh, well, some people that need no introduction to the sport are really on a roll, and that is the Ramses. Uh, they have now entered the winner's circle over 205 times, um, and they broke the record that has stood since 2000 with their starters having earned $11 million. To date, so they'll probably win a little bit more. The last mark was set by the Stronix stable with $11 million. So congratulations to the, the Ramses. Uh, who knows where they're going to go, especially when those uh, Kitten Joys uh, keep running. Kitten Joy, I believe we announced last week, his stud moved up to $100,000. Okay. Uh, talking about Thanksgiving weekend, some nice steaks going to be coming up. Um, we'll start with Churchill Downs. There's been some late-breaking news there. Um, the uh, the Clark is just going to be one kind of race, I can tell you that. It's going to match up Game On Dude and will take charge. So that was the headlines. And just within the last oh, couple of hours, uh, found out that it has been announced that uh, Kenny McPeak is going to start Golden Ticket in there. So this is going to be one heck of a race uh, with, with with those with those three. Of course, we'll take charge of the runner-up by a nose to Mucho Macho Man in the Breeders' Cup Classic. Um, you know, he won the Travers, Pennsylvania Derby, uh, but Golden Ticket, uh, no slouch himself. Uh, he dead heated, you remember, last year uh, with uh, Alpha at Saratoga and in the uh, the historic Midsummer Derby, the Travers Stakes. He's been weighing his options. He was thinking about going in the Cigar Mile, but he knows that uh, this horse's speed figures are better at Churchill, so uh, Kenny decided to uh, uh, stay there. Well, it looks like uh, we were hoping that we get to see last year's Oaks winner, Believe You Can, run in the Fall City over this weekend, but it looks like there's been a late announcement that she is not going to run, uh, that coming from uh, Larry Jones. So you will miss her over the uh, holiday weekend, but there'll still be some great racing. Um, Churchill Downs also announced that uh, due to competition from local casinos, 
They're going to uh, adjust some of their purses. Uh, both the Kentucky Jockey Club and the Goldenrod will be reduced by 25000 And rather than across the board uh, reductions for overnight racing, it looks like they're just going to drop two cards uh, from their program. So uh, Churchill cutting back just a little bit. All right, let's take a look at uh, some other uh, late-breaking news that uh, we may have here. I want to thank, of course, my friend uh, Jason Beam, who uh, came on with us. Again, putting the spotlight sometimes on the little guy helps. And we looked at uh, Portland Meadows, and we were pretty much dead on. And let's face it, uh, you know, they they were horses that have raced against each other a lot up there at Portland Meadows, so it was a little bit easier to handicap. Uh, right out of the gate, Jason's first pick, thinking of girls, uh, got the job done in the Andrus Organ Bread Futurity Finals. Just got up by a half a length over CM under the influence, who was the Philly. This was a rematch of the Futurity Boys and Girls, so the boys got the better edge of that one. Uh, then it was the Janet Weinberg, and this one for the two-year-old girls. And uh, the winner here, my pick, Jet Set Kitten, no big surprise, won by nine and three-quarter lengths. Uh, Jason went out with a bit of a price horse, who ended up running second. It was Dreamstone Cowgirl, uh, third was Sacred Stone. Uh, then it was the Bill Weinberg. Uh, this is the boys' division. And the winner, Maddie's Gold, very interesting, a, a horse that we both said hands down is the, is the one to beat. Uh, Maddie's Gold won uh, easily by uh, five and three quarters lengths. And uh, in, in a uh, race that uh, was kind of a rematch race, uh, the, the winner was number seven, Midas's Gold Touch. No surprise there, off at four to five. And in the final race of the day, uh, <laughs> Jason posted a, the, the uh, win photo of this, uh, of this race. And if you look in the background, you will see that there was $41,000 bet on our pick to place. Jack the Pirate, uh, a horse who was coming out of a third-place finish, but he had a terrible trip. Anyhow, we, we, we hammered this horse. So did everybody else. Somebody bet $41,000 to place on Jack the Pirate. That's always a risk, but it wasn't last week at Portland Meadows. He won by 18 and a quarter lengths. So no bridge jumpers up there at Portland Meadows. want to, again, thank Jason Beam uh, for being on with us uh, last week. Well, that's uh, pretty much a look at most of the uh, uh, late-breaking information that I could give you as much as I can, but I want to get on to uh, Jonathan Horowitz. Uh, He's the heart, the soul, the voice of Zia Park. We'll be right back. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? 
you can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. School to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with us right now, our guest I have yet to have on the show uh, we like to spread the love around, and uh, I've always been a fan of the, the tracks that are a little bit off the beaten path. Last week, again, we highlighted Portland Meadows. Uh, this week, we're going to highlight Delta Downs and Zia Park, a track that I have not had the pleasure of getting out to yet. If I hit enough gas money over the weekend, maybe I'll get on out there. But with us is going to be Jonathan Horowitz, as I said at the top of the show, uh, he began announcing at the age of 14. He was the youngest person ever to call a horse race in the United States at California's Los Alamitos Race Course. Um, he's currently the track announcer at Zia Park, and for what I understand, he does everything else except uh, cook the hot dogs on the weekends out there. Uh, he also calls at Arapahoe Park outside of Denver. Um, he actually had a stint where he was calling races as the American guest announcer at the glorious Goodwood Festival in England. Uh, quite a talented gentleman. He, he, uh, he went to college at the University of Maryland and majored in mathematics and journalism, which are two things that certainly come in handy when you plan to write and handicap horses. So with no further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Jonathan Horwitz. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm pleased to join you from Hobbs, New Mexico. Now, how does one, I know I did, get the bug at, 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 the, at a young age? We all, a lot of us got the bug at the young age, but how did you get the uh, kahunas to actually call a race when you were only 14? It came about from going to the racetrack with my family and being from Southern California going to the horse races became a real great family activity for us to spend time together. The weather's always nice. You're outside with the horses having lunch or dinner. And I just thought the announcing when you hear it over the public address system was so distinctive because you don't know what's going to happen. And it's not like being an actor or an actress where you can rehearse what you're going to say, but it caught my attention because at the horse races, you get a running commentary during the race. 
I decided to see if I could do it and bring binoculars and a tape recorder out to the horse races. And I got noticed uh, practicing at Los Alamitos Race Course when I was 14. And the management there was nice enough to give me my first opportunity, which came about through a specific race where the horses had to be owned by kids who were 18 and under. And because <laughs> of the youth angle to have a youth announcer, they, they asked if I would do it. And um, my parents probably re- regret taking me to the track that first time because now they're regulars at the horse races. I'm only kidding. I appreciate having their encouragement and support as well. Well, also they see that great degree at University of Maryland and you got your master's in kinesiology, specializing in sports business, and now you're on the racetrack. So <laughs> actually my parents were proud of me when I got there. They knew I could have done some other things, but they liked the fact that they could always come out and I could give them the key to the press box and they could watch from upstairs. <laughs> so um, it, it, it is great. And now it, this inaugural Land of Enchantment Day, uh, how did it come about and what are we going to expect to see? This is really exciting for us at Zia Park. Zia Park's a relatively new racetrack. It opened in 2005, and this is my second season at Zia. And Zia sort of established itself on the New Mexico circuit. Every year there's the New Mexico Cup Day, and that's the richest day of state-bred racing in the country. So that gets the best New Mexico bred. This year, sort of with the... Um, ideas from our director of racing, uh, Fred Hutton, and some of the racing officials at uh, Penn Gaming, because they're inaugurating their new Penn Gaming Racing Challenge. The idea was, can we run some races that will put us on the national scene? And so we created this Land of Enchantment Day with the brand-new Zia Park Oaks as the richest race at $300,000. And it's amazing how it's all come together because horses are coming from California, Oklahoma, even Canada, and it should be a fantastic day, the first of its kind that we've hosted at Zia and hopefully leading into a lot of great things, especially with our parent company, Penn Gaming, starting the Penn Gaming Racing Challenge next year. And uh, and it does look like for our, our, our listeners here, our winning ponies, that uh, you're certainly throughout the day offering plenty. I mean, everything from uh, fifty cent tries, ten cent supers. Uh, you've got uh, you pick threes, pick fours. So hopefully, a little bit later in the show, we'll give our selections out, and we, we can uh, put some money in some people's pockets. And and again, maybe it'll get people to kind of take a look at your your program and your card, um, you know, and get a little more interested in it. Now, the the layout at Zia Park, uh, could you uh, kind of paint a picture for us? It's in Hobbs, New Mexico. It's a mile race course, and it sort of brings together um, the sort of the Permian Basin, Southwest type of spirit. Uh, when you're here, you, you definitely get the, the heart of sort of being in the region of the border between New Mexico and, and Texas. What's your best food item? Best food item is, is uh, something that's actually changing because within the last month, we instituted a new menu in our turf club, a new menu in our steakhouse, and the buzz that I hear that is the most popular is something called the Hobbs omelet, which I think is pretty much every meat that you can come up with mixed <laughs> with eggs and green chilies. 
Well, they ought to serve up their track announcer with a free one so we can tell people how delicious it is and what's in there. I tell people, as far as the food goes, that's a definite winner. Picking a winner on the program can be hard, but but from the menu, it's actually pretty good, given the um, great work that our new food and beverage director, Patrick LaCrone, and the chefs that work with him have done. Um, And and yes, they do treat me quite well, uh, because they'll bring up occasionally some food up to the announcer's booth, and, and that's probably one of the perks of, of being the announcer there. There you go. Well, I did work at the fairgrounds for a while. Let me tell you, they can put together put together a pretty good uh, food display down in New Orleans. Uh, Carol Angel was their chef down there. But with no further ado, let's get our teeth into, into some of the racing. Um, uh, we've got really a, a mixed bag here. And uh, we'll start out with uh, this is going to be the seventh race at Zia Park. Again, we're talking to Jonathan Horowitz. And uh, it's a flat mile. Uh, for two-year-olds, and now these are registered New Mexico breads, which often means that these horses have had a chance to race against each other, just like at Portland Meadows. Uh, these aren't ones that, uh, you know, have, uh, you know, 20,000 foals like in Kentucky. So they see each other a lot, and quite frankly, uh, I don't know how you can get past that's the idea. Uh, this uh, filly just looks like she's getting better every race and comes into this race with a 90 buyer. Not bad for a young two-year-old filly. This is really a battle of the sexes because on our New Mexico Cup Day, that's the idea just blew everybody away for the Phillies, the juvenile Phillies. And actually, there are about six or seven six furlong races as part of the New Mexico Cup. And as a two-year-old filly, she ran the fastest six furlong time, even better than the the older sprinters did. Now, she goes up against the winner of the New Mexico Cup Juvenile, Reaper, who's also three for three and undefeated. So you get a little bit of a battle of the sexes between them. And then you have a first-time starter, Proceed, who's the mystery horse who broke his maiden over the one-mile distance and did it by a very easy 14-and-a-half length. So those three really stand out, and and they've never faced each other. So it's kind of intriguing because it brings together what is, probably a race that will determine who the best two-year-old in New Mexico is. Yeah, again, yeah, that I need to go up to because, uh, you know, again, I was looking at, at her times and everything of which you alluded to, but uh, certainly, uh, you know, the Reaper, three for three, you, you can't uh, knock that uh, with, with a win over the Zia uh, course. And, but this Proceed could be some kind of freak. I mean, wins by 14 and a half, much the best. And uh, how often do you see two-year-olds make their debut at a mile? That's it, exactly, and that's a credit to his trainer, Joel Marr. I talked to him a, a few days ago about Proceed, and, and he's the type of trainer who doesn't mess around. When, when his horses run, he's not sort of building them up for something bigger. He wants their best on that day, uh-huh. and he was always high on this horse and said, look, we're, he's going to go a mile, and, and we'll debut him at a mile. Well, uh, certainly uh, very impressive. Uh, they do look like the three that's going to go to a top. That is going to be a fun race to watch. That's the seventh at Zia Park. We're going to fast forward just a little bit. And every track should have their derby. Though this one's not going a mile and a quarter. It's going a mile and a sixteenth, uh, the Zia Park Derby. i got to admit, I think if there's a, a standout on your card today, Jonathan, it's got to be Broadway Empire. 
Oh, Broadway Empire is just fantastic, and he's had a great year for trainer Robertino Diodoro. He can ship all over the country. Uh, the way he won that Oklahoma Derby, defeating the odds on favorite, was very impressive, winning the Canadian Derby. And then he even went with Golden Sense for the first part of the Breeders' Cup to a mile. Golden Sense ran everyone into the ground. But coming out of that race, Robertino says he's trained very, very well, and he's worked out since that time at Turf Paradise and will now ship to Zia. And he really is a standout. He, he may be one of the best horses who's ever come to Zia to run and definitely hoping that he brings his A game because that is quite a showcase to attract such a great horse like Broadway Empire, a multiple graded stakes winner to Zia. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, again, you, you could throw out that last one. He was in a, the, the best in the country, Golden Sense and Golden Ticket. I, I've got down here listed the fact that he could easily uh, go wire to wire between his class and his speed. Maybe we can give somebody a little, little bit of price. Uh, underneath the horse uh, that you've got to see uh, run an allowance race that decided to go to Santa Anita for its next start, uh, show some magic, uh, who has a pretty nice uh, pay- payroll of 410000 Dollars um, could uh, could probably uh, easily uh, stumble into the second spot, and there's a couple others like the closer uh, Carve, who I see uh, did run third in the Oklahoma Derby to Broadway Empire. That's right, and shows some match. Probably the best hope for New Mexico, second in the Sunland Derby, second in the Mind that Bird Derby. So as far as the New Mexico horses going against the shippers, shows some magic probably is, is the best hope for New Mexico. A horse that I'm particularly interested to see and seeing the trainer who ships in very well to Zia is Indicott, who's going to be breaking to the inside of both shows, The Magic and Broadway Empire. And trainer Chris Hartman had him for one race and really got him turned around in an allowance at Remington. He's also recently a gelding, so he sort of changed his demeanor and I'm interested to to see how he does. And, you know, I think Broadway Empire's the standout and certainly has proven that in his past races. If I think a horse has some potential to build up after this race, for me it would be Indicott from the Chris Hartman stable. All right. Well, uh, let's face it, folks, if you're playing uh, those extended races, uh, we're both agreeing that Broadway Empire may be the one you want You want a single. Moving on to the 10th race, this one for the girls. If it's an Oaks, you know it's for three-year-old fillies. 300000 up for grabs at Zia Park. Uh, very interesting. My notes here, I'll throw them out, and then you can make comments. Uh, you've got uh, Unusual Way, um, who's a filly that I just think went <clears throat> way too fast in her last race and paid for it, uh, has excellent speed. Uh, and has come close uh, at the distance. And two horses that came out of that last race came back, Train and Warren's Venue, uh, that won their next race. I think she may be the biggest danger. And then there's kind of an interesting rematch in uh, the horses that are coming out of the uh, Remington Park Oaks. Uh, they ran <clears throat> second and third, giving a slight edge to gold medal dancer. You definitely hit on the big horses in the race that we've attracted here at Zia. This is going to be the richest 
race for female horses ever contested in New Mexico, and we do a very good field for it. It's a race that really could lead to big things down the road because unusual way, she's been a turf specialist in her recent races. She's returning to dirt for the first time since she ran in the Sunland Park Oaks when she came to New Mexico earlier in the year. So she's shown that she can ship to New Mexico and run in some of the, the top races. And then I just wonder how the um, Remington Park Oaks horses are going to do. I expect them to do well because given how three-year-olds from Oklahoma have done in the Zia Park Derby series, five of the eight previous Zia Park Derby winners came out of the Remington Park Derby. And so will that pattern continue over for the three-year-old fillies with the Remington Park Oaks? That would lead to gold medal dancer as a really strong horse who, when she can get on the lead, she, she's pretty brave. Um, really, the Iowa Oaks was, was a tough performance for her, for her. Found herself a little bit um, further back, and, and she uh, ran into the very good Fifty Shades of Hay. Now, the other California horse, Oscar Party, um, ran with Fifty Shades of Hay in the Indiana Oaks in one of her only two tries on on dirt. And she was able actually to keep up with Fifty Shades of Hay racing in the Indiana Oaks. So it'll be a, a great race. Um, if I had to single one, I would probably go with the Oklahoma connection with Gold Medal Dancer. Um, but I think since Oscar Party and one of her few chances on dirt could compete with Fifty Shades of Hay, it could be a great pace duel between the two of them. All right. Uh, the richest girls race ever out there at Zia Park. Uh, then we're going to go uh, stretch it out a little bit, a mile and eight, the Zia Park Distance Championship. I noticed you got a derby winner in there, and that is Old Wine Drinker Who won the Zia Park Derby in 2012. Uh, all I can say is i got to guess that the, the veteran stake run out of Zia Park uh, serves as the prep for this because you've got the top four finishers of the veteran stakes going to post in the Zia Park Distance Championship. And six of the eight previous winners from the Distance Championship have come out of the veteran stakes, although the winner of the veteran stakes has only won the Zia Park Distance Championship once, and that was the inaugural year um, with Mr. Trieste in 2005. So you don't want to read too much into it, but it, it's almost like if you don't win the veterans, you still got a little bit left in the tank, and, and you can put the best performance together in the distance championship. But old wine drinker who, if you want to talk about a horse for the course, that's him because he became the first New Mexico-based horse to win our Zia Park Derby last year, and then he was away from Zia until the veterans. He comes back to the park, back in the barn of trainer Joel Marr. Joel has him ready to go. He breaks the track record. So this horse really likes racing at Zia Park. <laughs> he absolutely does. And I can tell you somebody else who likes calling races at Zia Park, and that is Jonathan Horowitz. Your uh, uh, enthusiasm is infectious. I'm sure you pass that along to your, your other listeners when, you, when you're there at the park. Um, Land of Enchantment Day. Uh, Jonathan, thanks so much for being on Winning Ponies, and I, I just hope we brought some attention uh, to your track, and we'll be looking forward to your race calls. Let's see, this is going to be Sunday, right? Sunday, there will be 11 races, first race, 12 p.m. Mountain Time. The stakes action starts races 7 to 11. 8 to 11 is going to be an all-stakes 
pick four, and then race 11, we'll have our new Hobbs High Five jackpot wager. If you can hit a superfecta, just put one more on top of it to, to hit the first five. It shouldn't be too hard. There you go. Well, best of luck to all of our uh, listeners at Winning Ponies. Jonathan Horwitz, thank you for being on with us. Thank you. It's great to talk to you. Enjoy our races. Uh, we will. And in a minute, we're going to take a trip down to Delta Downs. Gary Johnson's going to be our professional handicapper. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me is Gary Johnson. As I told you at the head of the show, uh, if, if you like handicapping contests, good chances are that you've run across Gary someplace. Uh, he most uh, recently came from the uh, the Breeders' Cup handicapping contest, and he was out there with a friend of his uh, that he knows from the Cleveland area by the name of Ron Pelusi. And uh, Ron Pelusi had a little horse that caused a lot of people to tear up their tickets by the name of Rhea Antonia, who won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies, and Gary couldn't even make it down to the winner's circle because he was too busy at the handicapping contest. Gary Johnson, how are you doing? <laughs> Hi, John. That was a pretty good one there, yeah. Good evening. <laughs> Uh, that, that had to be something. You're all the way out in California. You got a buddy of yours from from Thistledown, and uh, he, you know he takes down a million dollar, two million dollar race. Uh, I'm sure you were happy for him, but it's just too bad you couldn't make it down to get your picture taken. Yeah, and I wish I would have bet on him. You know, it was a contest race, and uh, actually, I bet the horse he disqualified. So, some mixed emotions about you know what happened there. But uh, you know, I'm glad for him. That was uh, that was a miracle there. Quite a story. Well, you know, Gary, you're known pretty much as a professional handicapper, um, but you've done so much more in your career. Uh, for our Winning Ponies listeners, it's been a while since I had you on. Can you kind of uh, give us the Reader's Digest version of, of your life in racing, because it's a pretty interesting one? 
You know, John, you know, actually, I've been around horses, you know, since I was a teenager, you know, around this around here, around the barn area, you know, hot walking. I uh, got kind of worked my way up, but, you know, always had a racing form in my pocket and uh, became a trainer and uh, pretty successful here at Cleveland in the, in the late 90s and the mid, mid-2000s, you know, and uh, expanding at one time, I had about 150 horses uh, racing around this area and uh, in Ohio, a little bit of West Virginia, and, uh, you know, just... This handicapping's kind of been sticking with me all the time, and uh, about 2007, I give up the give up the train and then kind of been on this contest trail here, chasing the dream here for the last six seven years. Well, I, I know you, I know you've had a good year, but I just want to remind people that uh, obviously you know how to handicap and enter a horse in the race. Uh, you won 26 meets at Thistledown, quite a feat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had I've, I've lived a dream. I I really had a. Had a good crew behind me and a lot of fun, and uh, you know, can't no regrets. Now, uh, now, when you set out on your foray, uh, obviously, I know that you've qualified consistently for the national handicapping championship. Uh, do you have a game plan, or does it just go according to well, what part of the world you're in at that time, or how do you how do you set out to get the national handicapping championship every year? Well, naturally, they come up with a schedule usually in uh, February, beginning of the year, and I kind of look at the contests that, uh, you know, tr- try to be close to home. But lately, all the uh, areas around the, the Cleveland area here have dropped all their contests, so I'm kind of forced to travel, which, you know, I really enjoy. I've been to all three tracks in California this year, uh, luckily, and that's where I kind of had my best best success out for the year. But uh, I've been up to Canterbury and uh even made a little trip to South Dakota. I never thought I'd ever go there and uh, <laughs> Paul Thorne. So, I, you know, I've been traveling. I've been to tracks I've never been to this year that I never, ever thought I'd ever get to. But it's been quite an experience. Well, you seem to get to the, 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 big, the big game every year. And so I just figured out, you know, because a lot of times as you do that traveling, when you get in those contests, and uh, I know this from running some of them, you always want to make sure your own track is getting some action because you kind of hope that, hey, this guy stayed up all night handicapping the Governor's Buckeye Cup, maybe he'll bat it. Um, so uh, you've been exposed to tracks all, all over the country, and that's why I said, you know, I'm sure Delta Downs is a track that Gary's played, and if not, I'm going to throw the challenge uh, down to him. As you know, <laughs> this is going to be on Saturday. They're going to have their their, their great big uh, day of races, and I'm sure there's a lot of personalities that and, and trainers uh, that they don't normally see uh, stabled at uh, at Delta Downs, which is going to give us uh, a, kind of a unique challenge here uh, in uh, helping our listeners get some winners home. We'll so we'll start with the, the the Delta Downs Princess, and I said earlier. In the show, I don't mean to step on anybody's toes, but the field in here may be stronger than the Delta Downs jackpot at a million dollars. There's a half a million up for grabs. You got three graded stakes winner, one graded stakes horse. Uh, you got a really uh, neat rematch uh, of uh, a race called uh, Bana and Synapse, who uh, went to Delta Downs for the prep for this race. Uh, the the my trusty cat, I believe it is, and they ended up switching places because of a DQ in Bana, Rosie Napravnak is going to be up on that one, whereas uh, regular rider Gerald Melanson will be lord Synapse. Uh, then you've also got the graded stakes winner, Misbehavior. Uh, you've got the stakes placed appreciating. Mark Cassie doesn't ship in uh, just to get the gumbo down there. And uh, he, Cassie also put in the... Uh, the trailer uh, ten pin down on the rail 
uh, who's been favored every start and looks to be getting pretty much better every start and uh, put in a big solid race last time in the rags to riches at Churchill. So and now that I've named half the field, I'm interested in who you like in there. Um, I'll tell you, John, that was a good point. I, I believe this is the toughest race on the card on Saturday night, the most competitive. And uh, I think uh, a lot of, if you had, listen to about four or five people, everybody might have a different opinion, but, but uh, I couldn't agree more about uh, how good the field is. And I, you know, handicapping, I kind of go back to the old-fashioned handicapping, you know, how's this pace going to be? You know, what kind of scenario we're going to have up front? And going a mile, you know, it's definitely uh, kind of a bull ring, and you, and you want a kind of a good trip here at Delta. But uh, I'm really looking at the one-tenth, and i, I got to agree with you. Mark Casey, he don't ship for nothing, and he's really good with tier-olds and uh, seems to be uh, improving with each race. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a slight edge because, again, you have a couple of really quality horses here. Uh, you mentioned the four. I love the fact that this horse shipped down for a prep. I want to call it a prep. Uh, Was just qualified at one to nine, but uh, I think it definitely will be the horse to be. But uh, I'm kind of looking at a one one four exact in there to tell you the truth. Yeah, I, I kind of remember watching the replay, and uh, the horse just kind of whoosh. You know, took a left-handed turn under Corey Lannery, and I noticed that uh, uh, Brett Calhoun is uh, getting the services of Rosina Pravnik, who I don't know if she's ever even ridden at Delta Downs, but as she knows, she's having one heck of a season. Uh, it, it should be uh, very interesting uh, if, as long as they get this horse straightened out. I noticed they didn't change anything with blinkers or anything like that, so uh, maybe it was just a freak thing, but must have hit the That's horse pretty hard because yeah. got DQ'd all the way down to fifth. That is, you know, there, there's a little speed inside of her. So again, if you don't, be, if she misbehaves a little bit, she could be in some serious trouble because uh, the three misbehavior does have a little bit of early zip. Uh, is a sprinter going long, and will be reckoned with early. So um, going to need going to need her to behave. But I mean, you, you know, looking at all this scenario here, it looks like Tempin's going to sit behind the two, three, four in there and have a sweet trip. Yeah, and uh, Miguel Mania has ridden this horse in every one of its starts, so you know that uh, he's very familiar with her style. Uh, must have been a good-looking girl. She cost 140000 down at Faz Acceptance. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, hard, hard to throw any of them out. And, folks, if you're playing extended tickets, uh, you, you want to go about oh. four deep on this race, i got a feeling. So, <laughs> from, from, from that race, we'll go here, to kind of what I guess would be the boys' version. I don't know if it's sexist or not, but they get to run for a million. And it's the uh, the Delta Downs jackpot. Uh, this will be a mile and a 16th. Uh, Ten are scheduled uh, to go to post. And... And as I uh, talked about the three graded stakes winners and the one graded stakes placed, as I look in here, there have been some horses that have put in some um, nice races. Uh, you got two graded stakes places, and then you've got uh, this horse that, uh, in my opinion, Gary, uh, kind of drew a lot of attention. Uh, the horse has been everywhere from Presque Isle to uh, Mountaineer, Churchill Downs, and then went with what I believe is the prep for this race, uh, the Jean Lafitte Futurity. And Rise Up certainly rose up to the task that day. Ran away from him by six. Um, I won by six and a half. I, I just got a feeling, even though he drew an unfavorable post position, uh, Rise Up's going to be awful salty in here. Though there's at least two horses I want to put underneath. I want to listen to your read on the race. Okay, John, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, rise Up, you know, this is a mile 16. It's, it's like scenario would be a quarter shoot out of the racetrack so i think we have plenty of time to get to the first turn not a whole lot of speed in here i think rise up is a dominant horse um tom amos has really improved this horse i mean he's improved a lot of horses over the years so it's nothing new here but i think uh rise up from the outside post is going to really 
be tough to beat. I mean, Mighty Brown ran second to him with seven in front of the third horse. So easily rise up, could have won by 10 or, 10 or more. You know, Mighty Brown's not doesn't show up that day. But I think rise up is a standout. I think the post position's actually going to help go to the outside speed. And uh, horse on the improve, just the best horse. Well, you know, and it's kind of interesting. You, you don't know how these things play out and what agreements are, are done ahead of time, but that he was trained very well uh, right up into the Iroquois by uh, a gentleman you know from Cleveland, Tim Ham. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, you know, and the horse, you know, it was a two-year-old Tim Ham's very good with two-year-olds, by the way. Oh, and the yeah. horse is probably well-seasoned. And as you know, uh, you know, I'm, I've seen some of these things go on and get good. I think he sold the whole course to Bob Baffert a few years ago that was a champion. So uh, they did very well preparing him. Yeah, yeah, and I know that uh, uh, Tim is now even uh, training on a uh, certain level for Windstar Farm, and that, that's certainly a compliment to his ability. So another yes. Buckeye guy uh, moving on. And speaking of uh, guys that started out in Ohio that are moving on, uh, Kenny McPeak has rank has privileges. Robbie Alvarado coming in to ride this horse, getting first LASIK. That was a pretty interesting uh, debut at Keeneland. Again, it was on Polly, but when you see two-year-olds make their debut going a mile and a 16th, tells me Kenny knew something about this horse's ability to go long. I'll tell you what, what a training job. You know, first of all, a two-year-old, and like you said, a mile and 16th to get fit. Um, I mean, that was a heck of a training job. It was 15 to 1 that day. I was. I remember the race. I mean, uh, you definitely can't leave him on anything because McPeak, he doesn't ship a whole lot, but uh, he's, he's going to be a factor here. Oh, yeah, he still holds the record for the, the longest Belmont payoff with Saraba, I believe. <laughs> and I think if there's another one that kind of caught my eye uh, and, and is this Cathaguapo, uh, uh, if I'm saying it correctly, um, just ran fourth uh, behind Havana and Honor Code. A lot of people think that Honor Code might be the best uh, two-year-old in training. Um, the horse ran second in the hopeful behind strong mandate and just put in a bullet work uh, down at Calder. I'm just looking for horses to put underneath rise up. Yeah, and you got Luis Suarez going to come ride the horse. I mean, I'm I'm with you there all the way. Uh, maybe one other horse we should mention is this mighty brown that did run second to rise up just for the fact that it's going to go buy some horses late. So, you know, if we're looking for something underneath, I know it's a maiden, but Miguel Mena, you know, might come, come a little late at a huge, huge price again. But uh, I think you're right on here, John. I really like your selections here. And if you're going to key right, right, rise up on top, I'm right with you. <laughs> Wait, coming from you, that's a compliment. Well, we uh, we just played the, the, the top two races at, at, at Delta, and I noticed that they kind of put it in the middle part of their card because they are in a different time zone, and I'm sure they don't want to uh, lose the uh, East Coast audience, shall we say. Um, let's rewind a little bit. There's a race called the Delta Mile for $150,000. Um, I found this one kind of an interesting uh, challenge. Uh, you got a couple speed horses in there, and Nate's Mine Shaft and Red Hot Rush. But the horse that I think just has the slight edge off class, and if you can throw its last two races out because of muddy and sloppy tracks, it, it's another horse trained by Cassie, ridden by Miguel Mania. As you know, this horse was considered one of the top two-year-olds in the early Derby book last year. The horse's name is Uncaptured, who's coming out of 12 straight stakes races. And how about this? What a, this horse is a pretty good shipper, so we don't have to worry about the shipper. I mean, he's been everywhere. Um, <laughs> there's no doubt. I mean, very, very consistent, and uh, i got to kind of agree with you. You know, the last two races, you went through them out on an off-track, and you're not going to get any better than this. Um, I'm looking at the one agent, Denazo, as the other closer. I mean, they're the yeah. only two closers in here. 
I mean, this yeah. race is really loaded with speed. And, and Agent Nago uh, absolutely loves the distance and has never been beaten at Delta Downs at the distance. He's a uh, uh, four for five. Uh, Steve Margolis, I love him as, as a trainer, and uh, you know, ran off that of uh, first and second place finishes, then tried polytrack, didn't too, do too well there, and lost its last race to a horse by the for, name of Fort Larned. That's not an embarrassment. No, it's not. I mean, we might be giving an ice cold exactly here. <laughs> I hope we are. I hope we are. Uh, well, it looks like we've still got about uh, five five minutes left, uh, and so let's try to get uh, two other of the $150,000 races in here, especially for people making uh, pick fours and other extended races. And uh, uh, the eighth race, it's called the, the Treasure Chest. Uh, it looks like a field of eight is going to be going to post. This is a flat mile for the ladies, I'm having a hard time getting away uh, from the inside horse, class included, uh, <clears throat> just really consistent speed figures, um, and uh, Rosie Napravnik's coming up, and again, I'm just looking at the class edge. When you look at this uh, field, I don't see any horses that have run in as many graded races as class included. Now, she is a five-year-old mare, maybe tailing off, wasn't crazy about her last two races and coming off a long layoff. Uh, can uh, Ron Fashu get her ready, or is there somebody else in there we should be looking at, like uh, Little Miss Protocol, who's a hot Louisiana bred? I'll tell you, I was I was actually looking at the eight, Levi McKenzie. Um, I think, you know, the only time she threw that bad race up lately was at Keeneland on the poly track, and uh, she rebounded that one to be uh, fairly decent. But third off the layoff, I mean, how about her stealing it? I mean, she's on the outside post, sprinter going long. I mean, uh, should get the lead here. Well, that was my only question. I've got a question mark there saying distance. And I do notice that Rosie wrote it the last time at Churchill yeah. in the Dream Supreme. So, yeah, she can jump out on top. It's 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 not a big field. Uh, you know, again, Little Miss Protocol looks impressive with her $600,000 bankroll, well, but they've been like all against Louisiana Brads. Yeah, she's very good at Delta. You know, she's 7 out of 8 in Exactus, so she's uh, definitely a horse to beat there. But, uh uh, you know, I, I, I got to go back to the one there. If she's right, this class included is it's fit, and, and the trainer he's got a nice percentage first all month of layup. She's going to be really, really tough to beat here. I mean, she is the best on paper. All right, Gary. Well, I'm down to the two minutes to post count, according to my producer. Uh, the okay. uh, Louisiana Jewel. These are accredited Louisiana bred fillies, and I'd have to say, of the races we're handicapping, uh, these are probably the slowest group put together. <laughs> Uh, let's go with Rosie. Rosie isn't there for nothing. She drew the one hole, one hole, all woman. Like the name, like the jockey. What else you want? <laughs> Absolutely. And again, uh, when, when I'm looking at their speed figures, she's she's definitely got uh, the, the top speed figures in the last three races, two wins and a second. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Gary Johnson, who's a handicapper extraordinaire. If you're at a handicapping contest uh, anywhere around the country, keep an eye out for Gary. Go up and shake his hand. He's a fun guy to be around, and uh, who knows, maybe he'll touch on a winner or two. I, I do believe he has for our Winning Ponies audience tonight. So, uh, Gary, I can't, can't help but uh, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. I know you're a little bit under the weather tonight. I mean, yeah, I could find a little cold here. Also, John, I do the Beulah Park handicapping, so if anybody's bored and wants to bet a couple of Beulah races, you know, they can get the website and get the tip sheets. So. Get them while you can. <laughs>
All right. That was Gary Johnson, everybody. Well, I hope you enjoyed him and Jonathan Horwitz, and we got to uh, shine a light on Zia Park and Delta Downs, uh, tracks that uh, don't often get a lot of attention, but they're giving out some very good races. And also, don't forget, it's Thanksgiving, which means that the fairgrounds in New Orleans will be opening, so keep an eye out for some nice races down at the fairgrounds. So from all of us at Winning Ponies, we wish you a marvelous Thanksgiving holiday next week. I'm John Engelhart. Remember, if you take a loved one to the races, practice safe bets. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.